Good morning, River Church. Thank you. My name is Daniel. I'm the youth pastor here at the River. And uh, today is uh, graduation Sunday. Yeah, woo! Uh, it's a time to recognize and bless our, our graduates, our 8th and 12th grade uh, graders. And it's an opportunity to gather as a family of God and to um, bless um, our young people in our midst. Uh, I invited Hannah, our associate youth pastor, to come and, and say a, a prayer of blessing over our eighth graders. So if you could draw your attention to the screen, here's the names and faces of our eighth graders, and Hannah is going to um, say a prayer of blessing to them. Yeah. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, yes, eighth graders, I know there are some of you in the room because I said hi to you on your way in. So we are so thrilled that you guys have graduated middle school. Woo! What a feat. You still have more school to go, so sorry about that. But we are so proud of you for all that you have accomplished in your middle school years and are so excited for all that is yet to come. Um, so church, because we are family, a body of Christ, uh, would you join me in praying this prayer of blessing over our eighth graders? And if you are near an eighth grader, feel free to lay hands or, or just like look awkwardly their way as we pray. All right, let's pray together. God, we thank you for the eighth graders who are in this room, um, for those who are not here, but who we know you are so proud of. God, would they know how incredibly valuable they are? And would you bless them as they uh, start this new high school adventure? Would you continue to shape them and form them in your image and bless them with many passions um, and where they might go in the future? God, would we as your people stand around them and shepherd them and guide them and lead them, uh, and would they do the same for us? We love you, Jesus, and we know that you love these wonderful eighth graders. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up one more time for our graduating eighth graders. We're going to take some time later on in the service to also recognize and bless our 12th grade graduates. Uh, but for now, we're going to dive into some of the scripture um, that we have for today. And we're going to explore a bit more about what being the family of God means. Uh, you may recall this past um, Eastertide season, our focus has been about what it means to be the family of God. And here from up front, we've been inviting um, the, the family of God, all of you, the church, into some practices that helps build up this family, helps us embody what it means to be um, that family of God here in the midst, in our midst here. Uh, and so the verse, the passage for today, oh, is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. And this is what Deuteronomy 6 says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today, uh, an instruction, an encouragement to love you with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our strength. And so, God, as we hear these words and these instructions, I pray that it would um, sink deep within, within each of us. And, God, I pray that you would 
inspire us, um, give us courage and strength to then also do as uh, Moses commands, as you command, to impress these things onto the new generation, onto our children, and onto their children, God. So God, um, speak to us today. We are listening. In your son's name we pray, amen. All right. In this passage, the first two verses, um, these words, they make up what's called the Shema. Uh, The Shema is one of the most famous prayers in the Bible, and also it's just like a fun word to say, right? (laughs) Shema. So why don't you just turn to your neighbor and say Shema. Yeah. It's it's the Hebrew word for here, and it comes from the first word in this um, passage today. Uh, It means here. But a little tidbit, a little nice nugget for um, those who are interested in Hebrew things. I'm a little bit interested in that. Uh, The word Shema, it encompasses more than just the act of listening with our ears, right? So in the English, we might say hear, but accompanied to that would be obey, right? To hear and obey would be to listen to someone and do the things that you just heard said. But in the Hebrew, both those words are encompassed together in this singular word, Shema. So when it says Shema, it's not just the active a form of like listening to words, sound waves going into your ears. It's about hearing what's been said and then doing what's been said. That's what Shema means. And so Shema is an instruction from Moses to the people of Israel at that time, right? So Moses was instructing um, the ancient Jews to hear this and then to recite this um, to each other as well. And so ancient Jewish people, they prayed these words every morning and every evening. It was a daily prayer for the Israelites, and it's actually still um, recited by Jewish people today. Jesus also quotes from the Shema in Mark chapter 12, when someone approaches Jesus and says, "Uh, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus quotes the Shema, and he says, the most important one is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So to say the least, um, the Shema is something that we should take to heart, right? Not only is it something that's really important for um, the people of Israel, an instruction from Moses directly, there's also something that Jesus instructs us um, in as well. In that Deuteronomy passage, Moses, when he says those words, when he gives the Shema to the people of Israel. He's addressing uh, the new generation of Israel that's about to prepare to enter into the promised land. And he's urging them, right? He's urging the people of Israel not to repeat the mistakes of their parents' generation, right? He's wanting them to experience the full blessing of God. He's wanting them to experience the fullness of the promised land that's ahead of them. And so, Moses gives them this instruction that they should listen, that they should hear, they should repeat and recite these words that the Lord is their God, is one, and to love him, to love God with all their heart, all their soul, and all their strength. But Moses doesn't just stop there. He also instructs the people of Israel to take it one step further, and he instructs them to impress this command, impress this instruction onto the next generation, onto their children, so that they too can experience the full blessing of God. River Church, I think this is what it means to be a family of God. 
right? I think this is what it means for us to live as family, to live as community, that we encourage each other to hear this command from Moses to follow after God with all our hearts. But then as we receive it, we then pass it on, right? As we receive it, we pass it on, and we pass it on to um, our, our fellow family members, but especially we pass it on to that next generation, the new generation that comes after us. Um, I was really encouraged on Friday during the fifth grade promotion and ceremony that, um, that to learn that in that class, they recite the Shema together. I thought that was just this beautiful thing because it's doing exactly what Moses has said to, to do. They're reciting it, and in a way, in that class, they're impressing upon them this love of God that, that Moses instructs us to do. Uh, as I was meditating on this image, the family of God image, um, my mind went towards uh, 90s TV programming. You all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shows like Boy Meets World, Family Matters, Home Improvement, right? The age of the family sitcom, right? My mind went there. And the cream of the crop, at least in my opinion, was Full House, right? You all know what I'm talking about? Yeah? You all relate? Okay. Uh, to this day... I recall the feelings and the emotions that I had that were stirred up within me as I watched uh, Full House, right? In a way, it had um, this way of, it had this way of drawing out a deep longing in my soul, right? A deep longing in my soul was coming out as I was watching Full House. Yes, I know I'm talking about a sitcom, it's kind of silly, but for me, Full House, it just kind of hit different, okay? And so, to kind of help everybody understand where I'm coming from, I want to kind of let y'all in on um, my family background. Maybe if you knew a little bit about my family, you can then track and understand how Full House had this effect on me, okay? My parents are immigrants from South Korea, okay? Um, so being an immigrant family, we spoke Korean at home. Uh, we didn't speak English. But for me, my primary language, my way of understanding um, the world under and communicating was all in English. So there was a really tough time trying to communicate things with my parents just because of that language um, barrier that was there. So to me, trying to share with them my feelings, my emotions, trying to tell them things that were burdening my heart at different moments of my childhood, it seemed like an impossibility, right? I just didn't have the words to say those things. To make things worse, there's also a cultural divide, right? That I'm coming from Korea and me growing up here um, in the United States. One very clear and obvious example of that is that um, in my family, we actually don't really say I love you to each other, right? Instead, the way we say I love you is, uh, did you eat? That's how we say I love you. So I have these memories of, uh, you know, being at home, waiting for my parents to come um, back from work, and as soon as they heard that, they would say, did you eat? And then I'd have to translate that inside myself, it's like, yes, mom, dad, I love you too, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, at least to say, there was like a challenge there to communicate those things. And so there I was as a child, watching Full House, seeing the likes of, you know, Uncle Jesse, Uncle Joey, and, you know, Danny Tanner, as they had one of their many heart-to-hearts with their kids, right? And the scene that is ingrained on my brain is just... One of them sitting on the edge of the bed, right, talking to their kids, giving them instruction, giving them comfort, giving them words that um, will soothe the soul, just connecting on a heart 
to heart level. And I had a longing for that in my own life. In a way, it's like I longed for Uncle Jesse in my own life, right? Not only because John Stamos is such a heartthrob, but because, <laughs> but because of that connection that I felt through the screen, right? And as I reflect on that, and even as I talk to some friends about um, this like kind of weird like connection I have with this 90s TV show, like I learned that it's actually not just me that felt this way about this show. There's like, a lot of people that felt this way about this show. And I realized that it's this longing for connection that's in all of us. It's inherent. It's built into who we are. It's because God created us to be in community. God created us for relationship. God created us to be a family of God. In Deuteronomy, Moses, right, he's instructing the people, the people of Israel, to impress the love of God onto the next generation, right? And in a way, he's telling them to do that with the words that they, they share, right? Recite this, this prayer over and over, right? Recite it over and over. When you awake, when you go to sleep, write it on different places in your house while you walk. He's telling them to say these, this prayer to that next generation. Use our words to speak the truth, to speak life, to make connections with each other. In parallel, I think... It's kind of, it's not that much different than saying, you know, just like we see on a show like Full House and that heart to heart, that is so like part of my childhood memory. It's like Moses is telling um, the people of Israel, Moses is telling us today, like have a heart to heart with someone, right? I feel like that's what Moses, that's the instruction here in this mosque. Make a connection with someone, share these words with someone. There is something so meaningful and powerful and life-giving about words and about the words we can share with others. It can be a gift. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death. I don't think it literally means like your muscle, the tongue, but what it means is it's the words that our tongues are able to produce. They can give someone life as much as they can give someone death. And so today, as a family of God, I think our, um, our encouragement, our kind of leaning into what we're seeing in, in God's word is that we should use our words to bless and encourage each other as a family of God and use our words to bless and encourage, inspire each other and inspire the next generation. Uh, the best parenting tip that I ever got was here at the river um, on a Sunday morning. I think it was Lindsay who shared this um, with us. Um, she shared that every night before putting the kids to bed, she would tell them, right? She would tell them, no matter what you do, I'll always love you. And I thought that was just such a good tip, so practical, so easy to implement. And I made it a habit that day, that night. You know what? I'm going to start doing this too. So I put it in our uh, bedtime routine as well. And so um, starting from that Sunday, every night, I would, when I was putting the kids to bed, one of the last things we'd do is I'd, um, I'd squish my daughter's face like this. <laughs> it's all cute. And the Bible says to impress, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'd squish her face, and i tell her, you know, no matter what you do, 
I'll always love you. No matter what, I'll always love you. And I said it every single night until she got really embarrassed. It was like, do we have to keep doing this? I get it. And so now we just do it like occasionally. But I still see and I'm still delighted by the fruits of doing that for a season every night, those words that I was able to impress upon her because I still catch her sometimes like in her own like self-speaking when she will talk to herself, saying those words to herself, right? No matter what, I'm always loved. She'll tell herself that. Sometimes I'll overhear her say that. And when I hear that, I'm just so delighted and filled with joy. Sometimes she'll say it to her younger brother, especially after, you know, he's thrown a temper tantrum and got in trouble. <laughs> she'll come and comfort him and say those words to him. And sometimes even she'll say those words back to me, right? And tell me, Daddy, no matter what, I'll always love you. And that fills me with joy and delight. These words... They're so powerful, so meaningful, and we have them at our disposal, right? There's something so powerful about impressing these words of life, these words of truth, these words that inspire one another to continue to love God, continue to pursue God. And the words we speak to one another can be a gift. And so today, as we celebrate this graduation Sunday, I'd love to invite us as a church as a family, to practice some ways to use our words to bless um, the next generation. And so, but before we get there, I almost forgot, there's a couple words that I'd like to share personally to all the graduating seniors in the room today. You'll see on the screen up here, these are their their faces and names for you to see. Um, And so, seniors, this is my kind of words of truth, of my blessing to you. This is directly for you seniors. Everybody else you can listen to if you like. Uh, Seniors, when you feel like you're not enough, remember that because of Jesus, you're more than enough. And that because of God and to God, you're precious and beloved. When you feel alone, remember that there's a church family that loves you, that supports you, and that will always be in your corner. And lastly, seniors, hear. Hear, O seniors, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Uh, At this time, we want to invite all the graduating seniors up to the front. You want to just make your way up here. We did warn you about this, I think. Come on, come on up, seniors. Can we give a a round of applause for seniors? You can come over here. Yeah, you can come over here. Come over here. And then we're also going to invite any friends and family to come and surround them. And I'm going to invite Michelle to um, say a prayer of blessing over our seniors. And as a church, would you join us? Yeah, friends and family, come on up. Surround your, surround your seniors. And as a church, let's join together and in this blessing. you could um, extend a hand as a way of communicating your participation in this word of blessing. 
as I was thinking about bringing a word of blessing to this crew, I was reminded of the charge to the Old Testament character of Joshua. Joshua was a young man about to embark on a big new task. And each of you, uh, whatever the particulars of what is ahead for you, are in a time of transition, embarking on some form of a big new task. And so I want to share these words with you, the words that came to Joshua on the cusp of his uh, transition. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. For, this is a very important for, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the promise of your presence wherever we go. There is nowhere that this group of teens is going to travel that you are not there awaiting them that you are not there walking with them, that you are not there offering your friendship. And so we pray that your presence in their life would strengthen them. Lord, not, not by will, not by gutting it out, but because of you, Lord, we pray strength into these lives and courage, courage, when the task feels daunting, when the situation feels uncertain, Lord, would your presence bring courage? Lord, more than anything, we pray that your love, which surpasses all knowledge, all understanding, would be the very uh, steadying center of each one of these lives. Lord, today we speak your blessing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit over our graduates, grateful for them and confident in the work that you are doing in and through them. And we say, amen. Now to kind of just wrap up and conclude uh, the message for today. Uh, we read in Deuteronomy um, chapter 6, verse 4 through 7. We read it from the Shema. And Moses instructing the people of Israel how to fully embrace God's blessing for them. And then his encouragement to the people to then also impress that command onto the next generation. And today, um, I brought an invitation for us as a church family, to do the same, right? Let's embrace God's full blessing by loving the God fully, and then let's also pass that on to our next generation, and let's pass that on to others. And so for today, we created a little um, practice, a little exercise to use our words to pass on that blessing to the next generation, to our graduating 12th grade seniors. Uh, we placed on the sides of the sanctuary on the two tables uh, some post-it card-sized notes. And the invitation is to write a word to them. Write a, 
a word of truth, right? A word of, of life, right? Something that has the power of life. And I'm, I'm, I'm imagining just, you know, my first couple months at college were not the easiest. And if you remember your first um, couple of days, like, away from home, um, being difficult, just can imagine um, one of our graduating seniors having a tough time away from home, and they can bring out this stack of cards that just reminds them how loved they are, how cherished they are, how to put their trust in the Lord, how encouraging and inspiring that can be. And so today, if you could grab a card, grab a couple, and write, you know, write a word for them. And they have their faces and their names on the back wall over there with the little envelope. You can slip those in for them. And we'll take all those cards, compile them, put them into a nice book, and give them to the seniors before they head off. Um, that's a practice for us today, but also just as a practice for us going forward, you know, if this message was something that you really resonate with and you are really, um, you know, you feel inspired and you really want to continue um, pouring out onto the next generation, you know, shameless plug, youth ministry, we're always looking for volunteers. Please come talk to me after. We'd love to have you in our midst. But also, um, you know, it might take some courage, but inviting us all as a family to say a word to somebody if, it's, if it so leads us. The Holy Spirit leads you to say a word to somebody. Just let them know, hey, I see you. You're loved by God. I appreciate your presence in our midst. I think speaking those words to each other would only build up our community and build up our sense of being a family of God. And so I'm going to ask production to play a little music in the background and you'll be released to go and grab some of those cards and write some of those words.